And that music can only mean one thing. The Delaware Valley Journal is on the air. The official podcast of DelawareValleyJournal.com, where we hope you are reading Linda Stein's outstanding reporting on a regular basis. Linda, how are you? I'm fine, Michael. Thanks. How are you? Great. We hope you're following us on Twitter, DV underscore journal. You definitely need to do that. And getting our twice a week newsletter so you can get the latest news about people like our very special guest. Please welcome, as a as unaccustomed as he is to public speaking, the lovely and talented Charlie Giroux. Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing well. What a nice introduction. Just I know like you're I know you're very you. you're very timid around microphones and cameras. You're kind of a behind the I have sweaty palms right now. Yes. <laughs> okay. Too much information. So uh, you spent years working with candidates and helping craft conservative policy and helping Republicans run for election. And then what you were hit on the head and decided to actually become a candidate. What, what happened, Charlie? Well, it's an interesting story. I didn't wake up in the middle of the night and say, gee, I think I want to be governor of Pennsylvania. Not that at all. I got a call from G.T. Thompson, who, as you may know, is the dean of our congressional delegation. And he said, Charlie, I want to talk to you about running for governor. I thought he meant him, but he quickly told me, <laughs> no, you. So that's how the thing began. He said, look, he said, I am convinced, Charlie, that you are the one candidate that can beat Josh Shapiro. And I said, well, tell me why. He said, well, you're a solid but sensible conservative. You began your career with Ronald Reagan, worked with him on and off for 25 years. You're now the vice chairman of CPAC. So there's never been any question about your conservative credentials. And yet you've always been a happy warrior, a happy conservative warrior. But um, he said, in addition, you're a really good communicator. You learned at the feet of the great communicator and you picked up some things along the way. And we have to take on Josh Shapiro in the media every single day, beat him on a debate stage and ultimately get elected. And he said, finally, said, Charlie said, the thing that speaks to me the loudest is that you know how to govern. And that meant a lot to me because I've tried through the years to keep my ego in check, bringing people that are better at what they do than I am and to guide through a consistent philosophy. I know what needs to be done. I know how to do it. I mean, many respects, uniquely prepared to be governor. And so I said to JT, after a few weeks of thinking and praying about it, I'm in. Well, uh, we don't endorse at Delaware Valley Journal other than TV doctors. Uh, they're the only candidates that we endorse. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I would pay money to see the Charlie Giroux, Josh Shapiro debate. I think it would be a great debate. Two smart guys with very different views of things. It'd be a lot of fun. But you mentioned Reagan. What relevance does Reagan Republicanism have? in the current era of whatever this Republicanism, whether you call it Trumpism or, you know, the, uh, the national, uh, you know, uh, populism, Republicanism, et cetera. Is there, is there, does anyone want a Reagan Republican in 2022? I sure hope so. I mean, I know that there are a lot of voters that weren't even born when Ronald Reagan was president, but the happy warrior, the hopeful optimist, view of the universe, coupled with a principal dedication to conservative values and conservative principles, which was unwavering and unshakable. I mean, Ronald Reagan was at his core a fighter. He said, I'm going to destroy the Soviet Union. Think about that. Nobody really believed that he could right. do that. And yet he brought the Soviet Union to its knees, ultimately crippling it and causing it to crumble. 
So I think there is tremendous opportunity for somebody that adheres to conservative principles, is willing to fight for them, but is willing to do it with a smile on his face and the wind at his back, looking down the road and saying, our best days really are ahead of us. I think the doom and gloom philosophy of some folks is going to be rejected by the voters this year. And I do think that 2022 is going to be a real battle of ideas between the collectivist, big government nonsense of Tom Wolf and Josh Shapiro and the voice of the people saying that individual liberty and economic growth and real opportunity for all is the key to our future. Charlie, you talked about the, you mentioned debate uh, earlier, uh, and we just last week had a debate with all um, or almost all of the candidates, and it it was huge, as Trump would say. <laughs> um, what do you, what do you are doing to get your message out above all of these other people, all these other guys and one woman who are also running? Well, I hope your viewers and listeners had an opportunity to see the debate last week because I think I did very well. I was real pleased with my performance in that debate. And I think you began to see the very distinct differences between the candidates in terms of their style and approach. Because bluntly, you're not going to get a lot of difference on the issues in a Republican primary among Republican candidates. Yeah, there were a couple here and there because bluntly, there are some candidates on that stage that are outliers. But by and large, most of the candidates are going to say the same things about the issues. The question is, who can beat Josh Shapiro? And I think you saw a pretty clear line of division on that stage last week. Charlie, when you're on the campaign trail, what issues are people talking to you about? They're talking to me about a couple of different things. They're talking to me right now about the lockdowns, shutdowns, mandates, orders, edicts, et cetera. And they're opposed to, you know, mask mandates, vaccination mandates, this edict, that edict. And so am I, because I believe in individual, re individual freedom and personal responsibility. I always have. That's been what I've fought for for many years. It's what I'll fight for in the future. So that's one thing that people are talking to me a lot about. They're talking about it education. They're concerned about their children's future. They want schools that are open with kids in them, where kids are safe going to school, and where there's real choice for parents that live in districts that are not providing the kind of education to their children that they want, but who don't have the personal wealth to take their kids out and send them to private schools. So they really want educational choice, something that I've worked for, promoted, and supported for decades. Do you think, Charlie, that the uh, debate the Republicans are having about how elections are conducted and what happened in 2020 and the, you know, the fight both inside the party and inside the state house in Harrisburg about looking back at it and moving forward is going to be a problem for Republican candidates, particularly when you have the Democrats? They've decided they seem to have taken the opportunity and they're going to seize the voting issue uh, as you and I are speaking right now. Uh, Joe Biden's about to give a big speech in Georgia on the issue, basically arguing that Republicans are against your votes. Well, you know, what's fascinating is that the Democrats keep talking about the big lie. But the biggest lie is that there were no problems in 2020. There clearly were. And we've got to have a situation where people believe and trust in the results. Because if we don't, there really aren't any winners. And so there ought to be some things upon which everybody could agree. 
in terms of election integrity. But unfortunately, Josh Shapiro and some of the progressive Democrats don't even want to talk about them. Take an issue like voter ID, just basic common sense. I've often said it's planes, trains, and automobiles. You can't rent a car. You can't get on an airplane. You can't get on a train without picture identification. And yet the progressive left says you ought to be able to go in and vote without being able to provide that. So there's something that's just not only uh, supported by the vast majority of Pennsylvanians, but basic common sense that Josh Shapiro opposes. So I think that the election integrity issue actually works for Republicans and for those that say we need to have true election integrity rather than against them. So uh, there's another theory, which is despite the uh, the uh, patina of kookery that has uh, attached itself to that issue, because there are different ways to talk about it. One way is the way you just did. Another way is the, you know, secret Asian ballots you know, stolen by Venezuelans, you know, that whole craziness. But how about the argument as a former flack and campaign guy, Charlie, that you want Democrats talking about the issue of you know voting, et cetera, because that's not a top priority issue. And every day they're talking about it, they're not talking about inflation, crime, and their kids in schools and the COVID screw up. That's that those are the issues where the voters are, and anything else the Democrats talk about is a gift to Republicans like you. No, I, as I move around, the thing that people still focused on is what they're confronted with at the breakfast table. You know, the cost of milk and the cost of beef, the cost of gasoline in your car, the cost of heating your home in the middle of a very cold winter, and not so much about some of these other things. So the core issues, the things that really matter are what I'm going to be talking about in my campaign. And I'll let Josh Shapiro spin his wheels talking about the 2020 election. Charlie, one thing about Josh Shapiro, he's going to try to own the issue of crime, which is a big issue in the Philadelphia area. Um, where do you stand on uh, getting tough on crime? Well, I want us to get very tough on crime. And Josh Shapiro wouldn't know a prosecution if he tripped over one. As you know, he's never really been in a courtroom. He asked the voters to be attorney general. And when he was running for attorney general, he was asked multiple times, will you really do the job? Will you stay as attorney general and do the job that you asked the people of Pennsylvania to do? And immediately after lowering his hand from taking the oath of office, he was off and running for governor on the taxpayer's dime like that. But I'm going to be promoting a couple of specific plans. And I'll tell you a little bit of a hint about where I'm going with this. But I want to get really tough on crime, not just in talking about it, but in doing something specific about it. And over the course of the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be releasing a plan to put more police on the streets of Philadelphia, where we've got a real problem and where the Soros back district attorney down there says, oh, we don't really have a violent crime problem in the city of Philadelphia, something nobody that was there really believed. But it's one thing to talk about getting tough on crime. I'm going to make sure we do. And in my judgment, that's putting more police on the streets to protect us and to make sure we're truly safe. And then I'm going to use the governor's bully pulpit to protect, support, defend, honor, and respect the men and women in blue who work diligently and bravely every single day to make sure we are safe. Um, you have a commercial out now uh, saying you're from the heartland, kind of introducing yourself. Are you going to follow that up with any other commercials? And are you going to be on TV? Absolutely. 
Uh, we're putting together some other ads as well as the one that we've been running so far, some telling about my personal story, because as I said the other night, although I've lived in Pennsylvania longer than anybody on that debate stage, I wasn't born here. I was born in a slum in southern Brazil. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. What is this heartland stuff? When, when, well, <laughs> when does that's, Sao Paulo become? Where, is that down the street from up, St. Louis? I'm not sure. Really the suburbs. I grew up in Philly in the suburbs. I'm very proud to now live in central Pennsylvania. But let me just give you the, the timeline there, as it were, of how it all came to be. Uh, I was uh, born, as I say, in a slum in southern Brazil. My birth mother realized that she couldn't take care of me. So she put me up for adoption. I was very, very blessed to be adopted by Christian missionaries who ultimately moved to Pennsylvania. I came here grew up here, went to school here, uh, had my entire professional career here. I mean, President Reagan wanted me to go to Washington, D.C., but I said, no, I want to stay here in Pennsylvania, learn how to do the things that I was trained to do. And uh, I've been here ever since. So yeah, I'm from the heartland of Pennsylvania, central Pennsylvania, but my deep roots run into the Philadelphia suburbs. And uh, my birth was in Brazil. So I'm the first Latino to ever run for governor of Pennsylvania. And I think that bluntly gives me a unique opportunity to go into our cities in particular, but go to places where Republican candidates haven't traditionally gone and to take our message of hope and growth and economic prosperity to folks that haven't necessarily heard or listened to that message previous to now. Well, the growth of uh, Republican voters in the Hispanic community in America is one of the Un underreported stories of the past five years, but let's wrap really up is. with, with really this. Is. Southeastern PA, not exactly a, you know, bedrock source of Republican voters on a per capita basis. You know, a lot of purple bluish voters. What, why should the voters in who read Delaware Valley Journal in Bucks, Chester, Delaware, and Montgomery counties, why should they pick Charlie Giroux in the Republican primary? And does it help to be a strong Republican in this corner of the state as opposed to on the Western side? Well, having grown up in the area that your uh, readership uh, covers, I know the issues that confront people there, and they really aren't that different from the issues across the state. A great educational system. You know, every child in Pennsylvania is born with a constitutional right to a thorough and efficient education, but we haven't been providing to every one of our children that kind of opportunity. So school choice is very, very important, particularly in the city of Philadelphia, but in other places as well. But those pocketbook issues that we talked about just a moment ago with lower taxes, you know, we have among the highest business taxes in the country in Pennsylvania. Even Tom Wolf, in a moment of lucidity, said that they are too high. By the same, at the same time, we have a Republican legislature that says those taxes are too high. But what have we done about it? And the answer is nothing over the course of many, many years. We haven't touched our corporate business taxes in over a quarter of a century. I'd put my shoulder to the wheel to get our taxes lower so that we are truly competitive among the 50 states and among the nations of the world, and so that individual families can keep more of their hard-earned dollars and decide for themselves how those dollars are spent. 
personal safety and public safety is very, very important as well. And particularly in Philadelphia, but also in some of the suburbs. And I will tell you that I think my plan for putting more cops on the street will ring very, very well in the ears of a lot of folks that read your fine publication. Well, anyone who endorses Delaware Valley Journal is all right with me. Charlie Giroux, always a delight to speak to you. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. We appreciate it. Great to be with you. And I am a fan of the Delaware Valley Journal. Let the record show. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of the Delaware Valley Journal on the air. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it with your friends, post it on social media. And if you haven't, sign up for our twice a week newsletter so you don't miss any of the terrific content from DelawareValleyJournal.com. Thanks again. I'm your host, Michael Graham.